0: Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt, to side hustles, to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here. Today we're taking a look at 529 plans, actually specifically using 529 plans for estate planning. Interesting. Let's get right to it. 529 plans can be an effective estate planning tool. Many families, however, are kind of unaware of 529 plans or their estate planning benefits. So very few families use 529s for actual estate planning. Nevertheless, you might need to consider including 529s as part of your estate plans because of potential changes to death taxes. That's always fun to talk about, death taxes, but there are some possible changes to let you know about. The Unified Lifetime Gift, Estate, and Generation Skipping Transfer Tax exemption is $11.7 million in 2021, $23.4 million for married couples, up from $5.49 million in 2017. Quite the jump! Since 2010, the lifetime exemption has been portable between spouses, allowing a surviving spouse to get the unused portion of their spouse's lifetime exemption. This effectively provides a married couple with twice the lifetime exemption of a single person. The deceased spouse must have been a U.S. citizen at the time of death, and the surviving spouse must elect portability when they file a timely federal estate tax return, IRS Form 706, for the deceased spouse. IRS Form 706 must be filed within nine months plus extensions after the date of the decedent's death. IRS Form 4768 may be filed to claim an automatic six-month extension, though. However, the future of the exemption from death taxes is totally uncertain. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 doubled the lifetime exemption, but this increase will sunset for tax years after 2025 unless Congress acts to extend it. The lifetime exemption will revert back to $5 million, plus an inflation adjustment for taxpayers who die in 2026 and beyond. In addition, President Biden has proposed cutting the lifetime exemptions to $3.5 million for estates and $1 million for gifts, returning to the exemptions that were in effect in 2009 and increasing the tax rate, which is currently 40%. He's also proposed eliminating the stepped-up basis for inherited assets and to tax the unrealized capital gains at ordinary income tax rates as opposed to long-term capital gains tax rates. Although Biden did not include the proposed decreases in the lifetime exemptions in the American Families Plan, these cuts might be included in future legislation. Keep an eye on it. We should mention that these types of proposals have generated bipartisan opposition from lawmakers for several reasons. The changes will affect low- and middle-income families, not just wealthy families violating the President's pledge to not increase taxes on taxpayers earning less than $400,000 a year. The changes will lead to double taxation of asset transfers at death by combining the estate tax with the capital gains tax, which is effectively an inheritance tax. Doubling death taxes will not play well with voters. Hello! (laughs) Taxing estates based on unrealized capital gains may force families to sell assets such as a family business or a family farm, just to pay the taxes. Previous attempts to repeal the step-up in basis were dropped because it's difficult to calculate the tax basis for assets that have been held for decades. Another point is that the proposed changes are going to generate very little tax revenue. Fewer than 2,000 families pay federal estate taxes each year, yielding less than $20 billion in revenue, which actually sounds like a lot, but it's, it's not at all. State estate and inheritance taxes, which vary by state, may have lower exemptions than the federal education, causing smaller estates to be taxed. The alternative for families? Using 529 plans to reduce state estate and inheritance taxes. 13 states have state estate taxes. State estate. Have fun saying that five times fast. We break down all of those different states at thecollegeinvestor.com Type in the title of this podcast in the search bar. You'll find it. Let's talk about estate planning benefits of 529 plans. So 529s have several estate planning benefits involving contributions, distributions, control, and financial aid impact. 529s are simpler, easier to use, and also less expensive to set up than complicated trusts. 529 plans have generous and flexible contribution limits. There are no income Age or time limits. Account holders retain control over the 529 plan account and can change the beneficiary anytime. Earnings accumulate on a tax deferred basis, and distributions are tax free if used to pay for qualified educational expenses. Grandparents can use 529s to leave a legacy for their descendants. Policymakers are unlikely to limit these estate planning benefits, too. Contributions. Let's talk about that, too. Now, contributions are removed for the contributor's estate for federal estate tax purposes. Contributions are considered to be a completed gift. Although there is no annual contribution limit for 529 plans, contributors can give up to the annual gift tax exclusion, which is 15000 bucks per year in 2021, $30,000 for a married couple, without incurring gift taxes or using up part of the lifetime gift tax exemption. There are no gift tax limits if the beneficiary is the account owner or the account owner's spouse. The spouse must be a U.S. citizen. If the spouse is not a citizen, the gifts are capped at $157,000 a year as of the year 2000. If the beneficiary is a grandchild, contributions may result in generation-skipping transfer taxes, but the annual and lifetime exemptions and tax rates are the same as for gift and estate taxes. Generation-skipping transfer taxes apply if the beneficiary is two or more generations younger than the contributor or if the beneficiary is at least 37.5 years younger than the contributor. There is an exemption if the grandchild's parents are deceased at the time of the transfer. Five-year gift tax averaging, also known as superfunding, allows a contributor to make a lump-sum contribution of up to five times the annual gift tax exclusion and have it treated as though it occurs ratably over a five-year period. So that's 75,000 bucks in 2021. Of course, 150,000 for a married couple. The contributor may not be able to make additional gifts to the beneficiary during that five-year period unless the prorated gift is less than the annual gift tax exclusion amount. Are you following me? (laughs) But if the contributor dies during the five-year period, part of the contribution may be included in the contributor's estate. For example, if the contributor dies in year three, the remaining two years of contributions will be included in the contributor's estate. The contributor may need to file IRS Form 709 to report the contribution, even if there are no gift taxes or reduction in the lifetime exemption. There are high aggregate contribution limits, which vary by state, ranging from 235000 in Georgia and Mississippi to 542000 in New Hampshire. But once the account balance reaches the aggregate limit, no more contributions are permitted anyway, but the earnings may continue to accumulate. Families may be able to bypass the state's aggregate contribution limits by opening 529 plans in multiple states. Interesting strategy – but contributors will still be subject to the annual gift tax exclusion limits. Keep that in mind. Contributions are eligible for a state income tax deduction, or tax credit on state income tax returns, in two-thirds of the states. The amount of the state income tax break varies by state, of course. And there are no income limits, age limits, time limits on contributions. The beneficiary does not need to be of college age either, and can already have a college degree. Let's talk about distributions. So, earnings accumulate on a tax-deferred basis. Distributions are tax-free if used for qualified educational expenses. The money can be used to pay for elementary, secondary school tuition, college costs, graduate or professional school costs, and continuing education. Non-qualified distributions are subject to ordinary income taxes at the distributees, recipients, (laughs) tax rate and also a 10% tax penalty on just the earnings portion of the distribution, not the full amount of the distribution. Non-qualified distributions are not subject to capital gains taxes, gift taxes, or estate taxes. If the contributor previously claimed a state income tax deduction or tax credit, the state income tax break may be subject to recapture if the account owner makes a non-qualified distribution. The account holder is not required to make distributions when the beneficiary reaches a particular age. And the account owner can choose to leave the money in the account, letting it continue to accumulate earnings. Control, big factor here. The account owner retains control over the 529 account. Unlike direct gifts to the beneficiary or complicated trust funds, the account does not transfer to the beneficiary when the beneficiary reaches a particular age. The account owner gets to decide whether and when to make distributions. The account owner can change the beneficiary to a member of the beneficiary's family, including to the account owner. This effectively lets the account owner revoke the gift, if they choose, by changing the beneficiary to themselves. Financial aid impact. Grandparent-owned 529 plans are not reported as an asset on the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, FAFSA, The Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 simplified the FAFSA starting with a 2023-24 FAFSA, subsequently delayed until the 24 25 FAFSA by the U.S. Department of Education. And among other changes, the simplified FAFSA drops the cash support question so distributions will no longer count as untaxed income to the beneficiary on the beneficiary's FAFSA. That's wonderful. This will eliminate any impact from a grandparent-owned 529 plan on federal student aid eligibility, starting with distributions in 2022. That's, of course, assuming that there are no further delays in implementation of the simplified FAFSA, something you're not going to be able to rely on with the government. Sorry. Let's touch on leaving a legacy for a second. So grandparents can open a 529 plan for each grandchild, If the grandparents have three children and nine grandchildren, for example, they could open a total of 12 529s. Woof! One for each kid and grandkid. With five-year gift tax averaging, they could make lump sum contributions totaling $1.8 million as a couple. That's like $150,000 per beneficiary times beneficiaries. 12 equals $1.8 million. That's how we got that. This yields a significant reduction in the grandparents' taxable estate. Grandparents can use a 529 plan to hint that they'd like their grandchildren to go to college. 529s are a great way of leaving a legacy for your heirs. If there's leftover money in the 529 after paying for college, the unused funds can continue to grow and be passed on to future generations. Leftover money can also be used for other expenses, by making a non-qualified distribution, but the earnings portion of the non-qualified distribution will be subject to ordinary income taxes and a tax penalty, as opposed to estate and inheritance taxes. Now, here's a point that we really need to make is that policymakers are unlikely to limit the use of 529 plans for college savings and estate planning. When President Obama proposed taxing 529 plans in 2015, His proposal was met with fierce opposition from both Democrats and Republicans. This aspect of President Obama's proposal to ensure that those at the top pay their fair share in taxes was an absolute fiasco. He was forced to drop the proposal just a few days later. Who should consider 529 plans for estate planning? Uh, Grandparents, if you're close to the lifetime exclusions. Maybe you're worried about future cuts in the lifetime exclusions you should definitely consider using 529s for estate planning. 529 plans are particularly useful when the grandparents are wealthy, but the parents are not. The favorable financial aid treatment of 529 plans lets grandparents who are wealthy help pay for elementary, secondary, and post-secondary education expenses without affecting the grandchild's eligibility for need-based financial aid. That is our show for today, but we have a nice table for you if you want to take a deep dive into the lifetime exemption for federal gift taxes. You can see that table and more resources about this and 529 plans at the Collegeinvestor.com. Just type in how to use 529 plans for estate planning, which is the title of this podcast. You'll find it there. Hey, Thanks so much for stopping by today, and we'll talk to you again real soon.